Okay, welcome to the show. Today, our guest is Blair Bloomston. She is an instructional designer, speaker, educator, and gamification expert. She leads the team at Game On Nation, where they focus on experiential training programs for household brand names like NASA, Deloitte, Hilton, and NASCAR. Blair, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for hosting me. Very cool. Well, I'm really glad you're here. We got connected because we were talking gamification on where else? LinkedIn. Uh, that's where uh, we find so many folks uh, these days. <laughs> but there aren't a lot of people that have a deep, you know, career uh, knowledge of gamification. To a lot of people, it's a buzzword. To a lot of people, it's a mystery. Sure. And I would just love to hear your history of gamification. When did this become part of your professional life? Absolutely. What's really cool with a company with the name Game On is we knew that there was going to be some sort of game dynamics in play. But we come to the space from a, a more live, in-person focused gamification lens. So we're very fascinated with, you know, the world of tech and even video games and where they're using these motivators and, you know, incentives to, to get people to buy in, we have taken some of those principles and applied them into our curriculum. And we create live trainings on teamwork and communication skills. It ends up creating leadership development as well. So I've been fortunate to be with this company for 18 years. I started as the intern. I worn all the hats, played all the roles and became CEO last year in 2021. That is so cool. I love that. Uh, journey. And you can, uh, if anyone gives you a hard time of, well, you don't know what my job is like. You're like, actually, I do know what it's like. I was there. <laughs> actually, I have played that. I've played that <laughs> game before. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's so cool. How big is your team at, uh, at Game On Nation? Yeah. So we have 12 instructors on our team now. Um, and it's really cool because there's so many different backgrounds uh, that come to us. So a few of our facilitators are former professional athletes. Um, and some of them are actors and actresses who've been on Broadway and in feature films. We also have uh, quite a few who have a background in journalism uh, or like anchoring and reporting. And then all of us bring a passion for teaching and educating. A few of our teammates are uh, college professors. And then in Game On's core office, we consider ourselves micro but mighty. Uh, there are six of us who run the day-to-day -day operations and that's in Bradenton, Florida. And it allows us the chance to then have teammates that are based all over the country, New York, Minneapolis, Charlotte, uh, so that we can really be everywhere for our clients. That's so cool. So huge diversity in backgrounds. Obviously, a common thread is a desire yeah. to teach others, educator. What other common threads run through such a diverse team? I think we all really appreciate the art of, you know, play that learning mechanism that you're kind of born with. A lot of game on sessions start with this call to memory of, you know, how many of us used to play hide and seek when we were seven. And it's a very cool thing to get an audience to go back in their mind and, and kind of unhook some of the defense mechanisms that they might have as a professional and get into that on the playground mentality. But it's also key with our team. And one of the reasons that we've attracted such talent, our play is always purpose-driven. 
it's never just fun for the sake of fun. You know, we like that. We like to uplift others, but we're really using the mechanism of interacting in a playful way to create very real outcomes, outcomes for things like better communication skills, um, enhanced connection with teammates so that you're not just delivering tasks next door to each other. You're actually, you know, feel interpersonally connected. So that sense of, you know, they can use their story and their amazing background as expert speakers and presenters and, you know, keynote facilitators. But instead of just talking, there is something to do. So we're often calling people up out of the audience, inviting them to the stage, whether it's one person or six people to participate in an exercise or a game. Um, and I know that for, you know, my talent, a lot of the talent that are facilitators now, they originally saw Game On. They were originally in our audience and were so moved by this different style that they said, hey, we want to we want to do this with you. So it's been cool. That's very cool. And I love what you said about games creating connection. And one of the things I tell people all the time, because I get asked all the time about gamification, how to add games at work effectively. And there's a million things we can dig into there. But the common thing I always share is it has to be fun. If it's not fun, it's not a game. <laughs> and yeah. two, it has to create that connection, right? Because we use, we use games mostly in a marketing context and a marketing yeah. communication context. And you know, the most powerful thing you can do in marketing is not to be telling people what they should think, but having them tell one another in a conversation, right, about your product, service, or idea. So creating that space for something to talk about is so important. And that's what games are good for. And it's great for the camaraderie at work and team building and that human connection, because all of a sudden, Blair and I aren't talking about the reports we have to do or the data that's coming in all of a sudden we're talking about the game we're playing. And it opens up this space where we can connect on a different level and create really strong relationships, build more trust, which at the end of the day is the most important ingredient for collaboration. 100%. And games do two things. They get people to care, first of all, right? There's something about a little dose of competition or a sense of discovery or solving the puzzle that just creates instant buy-in. So we love that care factor. People are not complacent when they're presented with the opportunity to play. But then the second outcome, and this is so cool because this happens whether you win the game, lose the game, just so long as you're in it, is that they remember. And we like to talk about dopamine release, you know, we like to talk about neurochemical inputs that are happening when you solve the wordle. It's real. And it's real. <laughs> it's real. It's like, oh, I got it in three tries this week. I am successful. So uh, we love that, that spark of something, that spark of engagement first to care, but then that spark of dopamine and the feel good chemicals that makes people remember. And our biggest learning tactic where we've had the most success is creating experiential interactive learning that causes people to care and then remember. I love that causing to care. Yeah. I think the, the similar way I've put it in the past is that we all kind of have a mode where we're present and engaged and we have a mode where we're on autopilot and 
it's very natural. It's a totally natural human thing. You actually need the autopilot piece. Otherwise you would be burning so much energy if you had to think about every single task you do. So I think games are a really powerful tool to switch you out of that autopilot mode and into a present mode. And I think that's where that, that caring state probably comes from. I think also to piggyback on the, yes, I did it. You know, it's so important for People who work in our modern world, especially in services, in technology, the things people are working on are abstract. They're projects that take a long time and the results take even longer. And I think we all know that if you clean out the garage or whatever, you feel great because you see the tangible results of your last couple hours of work, you know? And I think that's one of the things that, that games uh, have a unique value for in our work, you know, where we're at in 2022 is that it's not abstract. It's very tangible and you can get a quick result based on a quick effort. Um, And I think that's something that a lot of people, including myself, are starved for in day-to-day work because it's great to hit a goal and it's great to say we did it and it's great to celebrate that, but that doesn't happen every Wednesday afternoon, does it? No, it doesn't. And, you know, it gets me thinking actually of the rules of the game that we often bring in that take it from, you know, the dotted line of, ooh, what is this going to be about? How is this going to help me into a very direct line of this is how. So our three rules of the game that we invite before we ever begin to play is to first laugh with each other, not at each other. Laughter is so medicinal as long as it's like positive, right? And and there's no shame. There's no like risk of embarrassment. We're laughing with each other, not at each other. And we tell our crowds, you know, you may lose some jokes, but you'll gain a lot of trust. So it's worth it. Um, The second rule of the game that we focus on is to have each other's back. And that's, Andrew, I think just the art of play. If you're playing with others, obviously, if you're interfacing in a solo game, right, have your own back. Don't be too hard on yourself. But when we're with others, We need to out loud say things like, hey, I've got your back. And we need to work with intention to lift the other person up. I guess I could relate it to if we were playing hide and seek at seven and you were it and I was hiding behind a rock and your family called you in for dinner, I hope you would find me first, right? That'd be (laughs) having my back. (laughs) Otherwise, we're not playing hide and seek. We're playing Blair's Been Left Behind. Totally different game, (laughs) okay? Um, And then the third rule of the game goes to exactly what you talked about it just celebrates small wins. We don't always get big wins. Like not every Wednesday can be epic. But if you start to celebrate and build laughter and connection around like really small things, like, man, I got all my emails done for the day, you know, and enjoy that moment with a sense of play. It's richer. It makes the Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays a little better. Definitely. And uh, celebrating those small wins for one another. You know, one of the things we try to do on our team is say, hey, this program just launched. Engagement's looking great. Thank you to everybody who who helped us out. Right. Because it's always a team effort. And of course, the expectation is that it goes smoothly, but things don't always go smoothly. So recognizing that they do, uh, even if it's really often, is still really important, something to feel good about, because if your standards are high, you start to take take wins for granted. Well, and that actually goes to another thing that you said, you know, we have to get out of autopilot mode. It's just not going to work, right? It's useful sometimes, but how do we shake it up? And this is why I love games. Games don't lie. They only reveal. And Hmm. one of the metrics that we use a lot in our games, there's a lot of improvisation. There's a lot of like, we've created a construct and now go work within that sandbox. And when people show up and improvise, they can't fall into their protective habits, right? They can't 
be totally in control because they have to be totally present in the moment. And so when you're doing that in a safe space with laugh with, have each other's back, celebrate the wins, it's a very cool mechanism for growth because now they show up and maybe we see, oh, you are insanely competitive. We haven't noticed that before, but I can see it now. And then you learn about one another and can leverage it forward. That's so cool. So you've got me curious thinking about, you know, you've given us a little taste of what you guys might do. I'm yeah. really curious to hear about how thing, how does your approach work differently in different cultures, right? You gave us oh, a, sure. a variety of brands like NASA versus NASCAR. From the outside looking in, I can't imagine they have too much in, in common within their cultures, but I'd love to hear about your experience and, you know, what's universal and what might be yeah. some some uh, hurdles you have to jump at particular cultures. Okay, so I guess I'll start with like the, the tough news first and then get to the good news. So the, the tough news is that introducing anything that has the word game in it or play in it to any professional culture right now has some obstacles. Because I think people in the past have been, I mean, gamesmanship is not a great thing or you got gamed, right? So- <laughs> right. We want to be able to use this methodology because as instructional designers, we know it works. It creates outcomes. But we have to overcome the hurdle first with executives who are like, you're going to do what? With what? Right? So we have to get their kind of connection and buy-in that, no, this is valid. This is research-driven. Like, we've been doing this at Game On for 25 years. So maybe that's the tough stuff. But once we get past that... You would be amazed, Andrew. It's really similar. I've worked with military generals, four-star generals. I've worked with, you know, rookies for the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's just, it really runs the gamut in terms of hierarchy, levels, personality, languages spoken, backgrounds, all of that stuff. But we're born knowing how to play. We're born that way. We're born with, you know, peekaboo is a game from infancy. So once I can get over the kind of like, we're going to play, and then people start to, the universal buy-in hits all levels. And that's been very cool to see. We have the exact same experience. It's uh, not everyone's ready to hear that games can uh, can help in your, in your enterprise tech sales efforts. But when the money starts flowing in, the opinions change and they start playing a lot more a lot more games. So uh, we've been there, but the, the results speak for themselves. Yeah. Um, what was I going to ask? I was, I was curious <laughs> about diving into uh, one thing there. Oh, so in terms of uh, the exercises you do, I just finished this book, um, Fail to Learn by Scott Province. Are you familiar? No, I haven't heard about it yet. Great little gamification book, um, but he makes a very strong case that we work uh, we learn a lot more through failure than through success. And games mm -hmm. are the ultimate tool to help people wow. fail successfully. Uh, <laughs> I was curious how that idea resonated with you and, and what from your work, you know, works with that idea. Oh, yeah. I, I love this idea because, you know, if I'm doing my job accurately, I've created a game construct that people are not going to be instantly successful in. They would have to practice the communication skills needed. Maybe it's quick thinking on your feet with the game where people speak one word at a time together. Or there's another really great one we play called Last Letter, First Letter that encourages people to listen all the way to the last letter of the other person's thought. Um, 
So we have to make it challenging in order to reveal like, hey, you need work. Uh, but with that, because we've created that safety net of the rules of the game, because everybody knows it's going to be safe and positive and they'll be taken care of, we can get some incredible results. You know, that last letter, first letter exercise, as an example, the whole point is to have a tactic to be able to slow down, pause, stop thinking about what's for dinner that night, and instead hear the other person. And we'll teach it by bringing somebody up and demonstrating it. And then we send it out to the room so that they can play in pairs. And it's so powerful when people, you know, turn back to the front or virtually come out of the breakout and are like, that was hard because they're still smiling. They're not, that was hard and they're done. They're like, that was hard. I want to go more. And that's what I think the real power of, of gamification is in learning. That's so cool. So I know for a bunch of our customers who are, uh, you know, sales enablement folks at big enterprise companies, they're not always going to have the opportunity to get in a room with the folks right. that they're communicating with. Um, you know, there's new product information, service information, critical information that their sellers yeah. need. Do you have any, I guess, experience or ideas about how to incorporate some of the things you guys do in person? Maybe you could do on a webinar or over a Zoom call. Is there a way you could start to think about, you know, the one to many uh, type scale? Yeah. And actually, we're really fortunate. We certainly had to think about it during the pandemic when our, you know, live business transformed to be 100% virtual. But we're also very lucky that a few of our big global clients asked for that even before the pandemic came around. So we had the chance to work with Hilton on an amazing initiative around loyalty, around Hilton Honors. And it went out to 6,000 properties around the globe. And that was so powerful because we had to create one learning mechanism that could, you know, be delivered in Kazakhstan and South America and, and everybody had to do the same thing. But the element of play is culturally true wherever you are in the world. There's some nuances and some differences in how people interact, but that spirit of we're doing this together is always present. Uh, and the coolest thing about pre-recorded video learning and virtual learning to a degree is that you can measure it. You can actually see things, you know, that sometimes we miss out on live. Maybe live there's a pre and post survey, that's good. But when you're creating video learning and there's action steps and things they have to click and do and respond to, you can see buy-in. And that, that program with Hilton just went so well. We were so pleased to see not only the outcomes in the five weeks that we ran the game-based initiative, but we also measured for another eight weeks post. And the coolest part was we actually saw improvement in the five weeks. And then we saw even greater improvement in the eight weeks post when the game was over but they were kind of still sustaining it. That's so cool. And the long-term the long-term results are what everybody needs and, and the most elusive part, right? You can get pretty yeah. good retention rates if you uh, ask someone to answer a five-question quiz, you know, 30 seconds after they <laughs> watched a video, but get them to do it again the next day or the next week is a totally different thing and a huge challenge for, uh, you know, remote teams at scale. That's Those sound like some really really interesting results. So do you guys have kind of a core program that you modify for different customers? Is it, uh, are you adding new things over time? I'm so curious to hear about, you yeah. know, how your approach changes client to client. I mean, it's 
really exciting. So this year is Game On's 25 year anniversary. As wow, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's gone fast. And um, where before the pandemic, I think we were doing everything very custom for our clients. These two years of translating everything, our whole library virtually, now we're doing a ton of hybrid sessions, both virtually producing it and going live. So it got us to a place where we really wanted to frame out what are our signature offerings. So we currently have three programs under teamwork and three programs under communication that are really our signatures. And then we also, in what we call Game On You, our kind of ongoing university program, we have three additional ones that are multi-phase. And those are focused on presentation skills, like amplifying communication, and really taking teamwork into the leadership dynamic with our Empowering You program. Um, but yeah, we have done all sorts of things over the years. We've done inclusion work. We've done well-being work, uh, you know, strategic counseling, executive coaching. But it feels very nice at the midpoint in 2022 to get back to what's our superpower. And so teamwork and communication programs, that's always our starting point. Very cool. And, you know, I get asked this all the time because not everybody who reaches out is a great fit for incentive pilot. You know, it's look, I love what you talk about. I love the idea of gamification. Your product's not right for us. There's no way I'll get a budget for it. You know, whatever it is, what's the one thing I can do? Or the, how can I start simply, you know, Blair, I love what you're saying. We're not going to be able to hire you, or there's no way my boss will go for this, but I really want to start <laughs> sure. implementing some of the things you guys do. What's something that a leader can do on their own that, you know, is that 80-20? What's the small thing that's going to give them a lot of bang for their buck in terms of time or money? I think holding a team meeting or doing an organizational-wide communication campaign about coming into work with a playful mindset. You know, I can't say this in healthcare industries because some of them are actually curing cancer, but for most of us in the world, right, we're not. We do very important, meaningful work, but it's, it's still a job, right? It still has that opportunity to not be so heavy. And I think that that can actually be especially important when sometimes the world is a little bit heavy right now. Work is better when it's uplifting. We are more focused. We perform at higher levels when you go into that environment with, you know, engagement and lean in. So if they have no budget <laughs> to do anything except their own creativity and imagination, I think that inviting their team to approach the work day or the work week, or maybe it's a seasonal moment, like, like they would play hide and seek as a kid. That's even such an easy entry point. You know, we already talked about, Andrew, you're not going to leave me behind in the cul-de-sac. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Oh, no, you got to You got to have my back, right? That's my rule of the game. That's the rule. I know. I know. Uh, well, I mean, that's the thing. If we play hide and seek and you leave me behind, we don't play anymore. True. Right. But if we if we play well, then the next time I'm not hiding behind the rock, I'm climbing the tree higher than I ever have. Or I'm coming up with creative, innovative, new ideas just because I've entered the game with like, yeah, let's go after it. And that I think should be more promoted at work. I think so too. And uh, one of the things we like to do, very simple, very easy, small creative challenges just in the Slack channel. So, yeah. you know, it's something someone can do in two minutes. 
So write a haiku about a popular movie and see if people can guess what it is, right? Ah. And it's just this little, little task that gets huge, a huge reaction because it's fun to do. Mm-hmm. It's fun to see people guess. It's fun to guess other people's. <laughs> and, you know, the creativity and personality of each person comes out in their little tiny art piece. But those little things create so much space for conversation, interaction, and that lightness. I think, yeah. I think you're right. You know, we, we are not, uh, we are not what people would call uh, golden times. It seems there's a lot of things in the world working against, um, you know, humanity as a whole, but that doesn't mean that we're without, uh, you know, blessings, luxury, and, and in need of a valuable perspective. Cause we are all stronger together and yes. uh, that's what your work is all about. And I'm a big believer in that. And, and I think games can help us find that healthier perspective. It's not about making yeah. a joke of our work, but it's about keeping a healthy relationship with it and how crucial it might actually be uh, to our existence here. So I love yeah. those ideas uh, so much. I really appreciate you sharing. Oh, we're on the same page, Andrew. And I know that that's where you're coming from, too. I think the biggest power that games and gamification has is connection. That's it. I mean, if you are playing a solo game, but you happen to be doing it next to a colleague, you're still connected because you're both in that together. If you're using some of our game constructs, we're literally encouraging people to communicate with a playful mindset. And it goes back to connection. Connection is the one thing, one another is that one indelible thing that we have in the organization, no matter what the task is or the pressure is or the optical. And we are better together, just like you said. Cool. So jumping back to get into some specifics, if we can, um, if you're working on something like a product training, you know, we work a lot with technology. Training can be very dry. (laughs) Is there a great go-to technique or starter technique for saying, hey, I'm taking this you know, this new product training, and I'm going to add a little bit of gamification to it. Where would you start with that? I mean, first of all, that was a laugh with when you said training can be dry. <laughs> and I laughed with because I'm in it. Yeah, there, there's four things that we encourage people to just consider when they're building a training. And this is like one of the easiest entryways into gamification. So we call it the mile. And it stands for mystery, incentive, laughter, and empowerment. So if they have any kind of concept that needs to be conveyed, if they can embed some mystery, so maybe it's a puzzle or a question or something that needs to be solved so that the the audience can have that detective kind of personality come out, mystery will help amplify the learning outcomes. The second one is having a clear incentive. And that can be as basic as like, why do we have to do this is answered very clearly. (laughs) Let people know what they're going to get out of it, and they'll be more likely to buy in. Um, the third element is laughter. And laughter, by the way, doesn't have to be funny. haha. Laughter could just be like, it's very colorful and joyful, or there's music involved somehow creates like laughter. Um, so it's that that spirit of like, we are being positive and uplifting here. And then empowerment is anytime there's an element of learning that calls on the participant to feel empowered, like I got this, but then also pay it forward, you're getting a double bang for your buck. And there's lots of gamified elephant, elephants or elements, both. You could have gamified elephants, but uh, no, there's lots of ways to gamify things. 
time triggers, reward triggers, lots. But these four, mystery, incentive, laughter, and empowerment, are really easy to access, and they always work. I love that. I love mystery. I don't think that's one I've been able to articulate yet, but that's a that's a powerful one. The one that I always try to communicate, especially in competitive type games, is like you want to mix competition with a sense of luck or fortune. So a perfect example is like our poker game. If you are a high performer performing your activities, you you earn more cards, mm-hmm. but you don't know if you're going to earn a two or an ace, right? So <laughs> there's an element of luck where the higher you perform, the better your chances are. But at the end of the day, uh, a lower performer could win just by uh, just by their good fortune. And that creates so much tension between the players because it's like, <laughs> ah, no, you got this, I got that. And, um, but there's that, that bit of unpredictability is so valuable for keeping things fresh and, and working on that presence. I bet that the mystery works the same way. Mm-hmm. And as you describe laughter, I've always thought about that as, you know, some sort of hook, something that's going to bring them out of the out of that autopilot and into the present. Um, and so if that is, you know, it's like, it can look like anything except a PowerPoint, you know, it's like <laughs> the only thing it can't look like is the thing that it actually is, you know? Yeah. So it, it could be any of the things you described or anything else, but it just has to be jarring in a good way. Mm-hmm. And I think laughter is a great word for that. We will often score the mystery incentive, laughter and empowerment as a second layer so that people make sure to apply it positively. So here's a good example. Negative mystery will work. If there's a note that says, meet me, your boss at four, like there's mystery there. And it's maybe negative because you don't know if it's going to be good news or bad news. So you'll still get engagement, but you have to make sure that that mystery is known like, We're going to solve something together. There's a good outcome here. Okay. And the same thing with laughter. Even people who put like comic strips or funny things into their PowerPoint to try to do it. You've got to make sure that that content is inclusive. You've got to make sure that you haven't accidentally put something in there that could harm someone, you know, or goes too far or is not professional. So we're looking for laughter again, laugh with not at, and that's how we score. And so we'll give it a plus one, a neutral zero or a minus one. And what we say is if you're crafting something, it should have one of these four elements and it should always be the plus side rather than the minus side. Another great guideline. Do you have any other uh, frameworks that you use like like this mile system? Oh, uh, well, yes, there are many because <laughs> we've been inventing stuff another for favorite? five years. No, I mean, it's the invitation to play. As a speaker, and Andrew, I know you're out there and, and this podcast and live stream is, you know, a great way of, of bringing this to life. One of the worst things is when you're introduced and the introducer says to your audience, get ready to get out of your comfort zone. Like, please, I'm, I'm making, <laughs> please stop saying that because it doesn't help anybody. You might get out of your comfort zone and that's good, but, <laughs> but we don't need to like push people there. Um, so I think the way that it's introduced in an inviting and positive and welcoming way really matters. Establish your rules of the game within your team and your organization, but don't discount it. Don't just put people into a game without like letting them know what it's going to be like. And then finally, yeah, that mystery incentive, laughter and empowerment, 
like I said, there are lots, but those four are a really steady stream of impact. I would agree. The one, uh, the one that I harp on so much uh, with leaders, you know, I'll hear, you know, we tried games and it wasn't really fun or it didn't really work or, you know, it didn't work in our culture. And I always ask the same thing. I said, did you have fun? And they say, oh, no, I was, you know, I was trying to run the game for other people or whatever. It's like, well, if you're not having fun, no one else is going to have fun. And so that has to be like the foundational thing of, uh, you know, can you imagine like throwing a party with board games or something and then you, you don't play or you're in a bad mood the whole time? No one's going to no one's going to play. It's a, it's the same at work. You have to set the stage and uh, bring the energy that you want people to share, because if you're not having fun and you're in charge uh, or even, you know, just uh, the de facto leader, no one else is going to have fun either. They're looking uh, they're looking to you to see if the tone is appropriate. And it is yeah. uh, obviously if it's if it's professional and you're having fun. Yeah. Well, I mean. Not only that, this is some of the obstacles that you and I are overcoming in explaining the value of gamified content learning and overcoming some objections. I've heard horror stories. You know, we uh, at one point many years ago were brought in to consult on an organization that had been using gamified training successfully. And it went up in terms of, you know, buy-in and engagement, then it plateaued and then it steeply dropped off. And we're like, okay, well, what's your signature game? So this is a good, this is a fun industry story. So the signature game, the inside name for it was called Sabotage. And the construct <laughs> was that there was like a lot of different puzzle pieces and elements to build with on a table. And the group was brought in around the table and they were told work together in this period of time to build something amazing. And one person was tapped on the shoulder and brought out of the room and their instruction was, you are going to sabotage this. And so the saboteur had a lot of fun, right? And they were trying to play it cool and not get caught. But everybody else in the game was like, this is incredibly frustrating, right? What should have right. been, let's build stuff out of Lego blocks, what have you, became like a lesson in toxic work cultures. Right. So when we came in, they're like, we don't understand why it's working. And we're like, well, the premise of your game is negative. What people who use this stuff need to know and remember is whatever you put into it, it will stick. So what ended up happening through this game of sabotage, where they were trying to say, don't do that, right. is instead they reinforced that, oh, we can sabotage one another. So does that make right. sense? So yeah. I'm kind of like maybe Pollyanna. I have a little bit of like, you know, unicorn hopefulness that we can get back to pure, get back to hopeful, uplifting, and stop playing games that have tricks in them because what will be remembered is the trick, right? Instead get to games that have hope or connection or a skill in them so that what can be remembered is that. That's interesting. Yeah, I think uh, I think we could have caught that one, you know, from day one with <laughs> even the title being sabotage. Right, I think inside, inside like the advertising to the people was like, team build, right? Right. But then as soon as the one person is like, hey, you're going to ruin this whole thing. Well, it worked. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Man, that is really interesting and a, and a really funny story. Yeah. Well, Blair, do you think uh, our listeners need to know anything else about gamification? If there's one thing they could take away, what would you tell them? Even if there's no winner to the game, 
or if the outcomes of the game are like, we didn't even get close, just the spirit of play and the camaraderie that it creates is enough, right? So if you are like, we're going to have everybody solve this puzzle and they're going to play Team Scrabble, right? And nobody ends up guessing the word. That's okay. So long as they've experienced cooperation, you know, collaborative competition and brought just a moment of fun in. It doesn't matter if it's a win or lose. It's how you play the game. I said that in a cliche way, but like, that is it. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. It's how you play the game. That's awesome. I think we just got your episode title. Human connection is enough. I like that a lot. (laughs) So are you ready to open up tap to flap and see, put your score on the score? Oh my gosh. I'm going to bring this to life right now. Like it is not whether you win or lose. It is how you play the game. Okay. So this is full disclosure. I'm going to share this screen. I tried to play this before we started and it already says high score zero. So Andrew, shall I just go? Shall I go for it? Yeah. As soon as you start clicking, I'm going to hit the timer. You have 60 seconds. And if you crash and get a game over, just keep clicking and going and (laughs) we'll we'll let you go as many times as you can get in a minute. And we'll take, it'll automatically record your highest score from the minute. So as long as you don't refresh the page, um, we'll get your highest score. But uh, yeah, whenever you're ready, give it a click and we'll get I'm it going. I'm like full vulnerable. I'm back to seven-year-old Blair playing hide and seek. I want to win. We'll see how it goes. All right, here we go. All right, good luck. Oh, game over Ooh. instantly. Boom. Okay, I'm not but a quitter. But you're pretty close. You were pretty close on that first pipe. Oh, Ooh. okay, okay, okay. I'm like getting into the finesse of this. Yeah, you're going to get it. Oh, oh so, so close. close. I feel the improvement, though. I do. I can see it. <laughs> oh, 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 I was so much closer there. Okay, hang on, hang on. I've got, like, some extra energy going on. Let's see. Oh, oh that I'm, should I'm have been clear. one. I'm going to clear one point before this is over. No, that was a dismal failure. <laughs> You're definitely going to get one. we got to get you to get one. There oh, you go. I yeah. <laughs> and I feel so accomplished now. I love this. I'm... That was instant. That was instant failure. It's okay. Oh, the pipes change every time, Andrew. I'm oh, just yeah. realizing this. You can't have strategy of like, it's three clicks up and one down. No, you gotta go on the fly as they And also, say. I'm just gonna say like, this is the longest 60 seconds of my week so over. far. No, I got another one <laughs> All right, you got one. I okay. think, uh, you know, I really, it's so funny. Every time we do this recording, I'm going to, I say, oh, I'm going to go look back and see who's in the lead. I never remember to. So I think there are some zeros from our list or from our guests. So I don't okay. think you're at the very bottom, but you're definitely not at the very top, but thank you so much for playing. Well, I timed out myself. Until I'll stop sharing that now. But what I hope is that everybody saw the amazing facial expressions because games don't lie. They only reveal. And you just saw me (laughs) go through all of like the triumph of victory and defeat. I got one point and I still feel pretty proud about that. You did. And you started with zero. So it's a huge (laughs) improvement. And uh, you you learn through failure, just like we were talking about. So Blair, if people want to, you know, get in touch with Game On Nation or you personally, where's the best place to find you online? Oh, thanks for asking that, Andrew. So our website is gameonnation.com. 
we are building a community of people there. And uh, we also have an excellent weekly blog that talks about all of these uplifting topics, the spirit of play at work. So I hope people will go to gameonnation.com to subscribe. And then if you want to connect with me, LinkedIn is my jam. I've decided to double down, focus there, be with all my work people. I love that environment. So I hope we'll be LinkedIn friends. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on and hope you come back in the future. Oh, thanks, Andrew. Good work out there with Incentive Pilot. Good work on promoting the art. I almost want to say the sport of gamification in professional <laughs> environments. I am with you. <laughs> awesome. Take care.